Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Just Sam Delaney. Have you dropped the nifty now? Nifty. Did you forget again? Sam Nifty Delaney. You forgot it again, didn't I'll you? I'll be honest, right? What I'm trying to do with this nifty thing is I'm trying to move on. Like, this is what I've been trying oh, to explain okay. to you. Like, didn't you bring it up, though? Well, people bring it up. And it's hard to... It, people pigeonhole you, right? So forever, I'm not Sam Delaney, an adult, sophisticated, urbane family mm. man with, mm. you know... Uh, that registered company, uh, a nice car, take good taste in food, vegetarian. No, yeah. I'm none of those things. To some people, I will always be the Victorian scamp who is employed, mm. coerced really, um, yeah. by top villains in London to use his niftiness, his his renowned niftiness, his to get innate niftiness, innate yeah. niftiness to get in and out of small gaps when robbing ju- jewels, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I was a little bit weird, a little bit way, uh, but I'm trying to move my brand on. So I won't always say nifty, although I know that that's how I'm most commonly recognised. I, I want I want people to acknowledge how I've changed. And Okay, I am still quite nifty for my age, I admit. But now I try to put mm. my niftiness... Um, I try to use it for good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you're a uh, you're a more well-rounded character than that. I yeah. mean, I kind of just see you forgot to mention your collection of teapots there when you were talking about exactly. All strengths. That's a really good example. Uh, but there's more to you than the niftiness. But it's just being one. nifty, being a scamp. I mean, in those days, if you'd seen me, I'd have had ragged trousers, often bare feet, always mm. soot on my face. Loads of soot mm. because I'd be up and down chimneys like a fucking ferret, right? Yeah. I'd wear, I'd, I'd invariably wear a top hat, but the top, the lid of the top hat was usually a bit loose and flapped about in the wind. Yeah. Mm. And I had a number of pocket watches on chains. Um, yeah. And that's how I look there. I look nothing like that now, mate. No, you've moved I on. I dress smartly, you, you know. You're not just about that. You've got your, uh, you've got your fingers in lots of vegetarian pies. Let's so just say, you. I bake bread. Uh, you enjoy. St- I bake bread. You what? I bake. You make bread. Bake my you own bread. Enjoy smashing glass. Enjoy smashing outside glass. Your house, outside the front. Out front. Um, loads of other stuff. I still dig sometimes with my children. Still sometimes dig. alone. You know, yeah. these are wholesome things. This is these are about a person 
a human being who is trying to evolve and grow every day. So yeah, please yeah. don't let me be a prisoner of my past. Mm. Okay. I'll not mention it again then, the nifty thing. Good, good. I'm glad. I know I am actually glad about that because you're, right. you can be sure I'm very unlikely to. Right, right so Snow White. Moved on from that. Yeah, we're, we're, this is going to be the last one, I think. We've got uh, 19 minutes of it left. They're the best. Get through. It's the best 19 minutes. But I'll try we'll and be quick. We'll see if we can do it in one episode. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 in the last episode, like, we saw the Queen. Um, invent a magic potion to transform herself into an old crone. She went completely mad. Crone. She went hysterical um, mm. with sort of evil excitement about her latest scheme to kill Snow White. Um, with the poisoned apple. And she's just jumped into a boat as well. She's got she? this underground tunnel leading from her mm. rig out into the forest. And the mirror has told her that that's where Snow White is. Um, so she is so excited in her new guise as a really scary, ugly-looking old crone in a black hood. She is tremendously excited as she sort of uses a punt-style boat, like the sort you get in Venice. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, not in a hurry, then. Not a speedboard. Uh, no, she's, it's very... It's, I mean, it's a lot of effort. I don't know if you've ever tried to operate a punt, but it's not easy. Oh, uh, years and years ago, I think it was in Norfolk... Uh, I had a bit of a go on one, but I was just a kid. I knew nothing. Fucking hell. I saw a photo Dad, the other day. Dad, can I day. have a go? I saw a photo the other day from about 10 years ago. Maybe a bit less. When you were a kid. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we were in a place called Thorpe Ness in Suffolk. And there's like a, mm. a, a sort of a lake there. A boating lake. And I fucking got my daughter, who was probably about four. So yeah, it must have been about eight years ago. I got her on the... Um, I got her on the uh, rowing boat. So come on. I thought this is a big moment. Taking my little girl out on a rowing boat. She was yeah. so excited. Fucking hell, mate. I made such a cunt out of myself. I was all over the place. I was going around in circles. I dropped an oar. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. I couldn't get... I said, no, I'm never again. I'm, I'm just not one of life's rowers, mate. Yeah. Well, do you remember I did a I did a day on a canal boat last yeah, year, me and yeah. my mate and our two kids. There was one point during that day when we were horizontal across the canal, Fuck. and we had to somehow try and you know put it right. Not easy. No boat. Not easy. It's not my scene, really. The water. Your scene. The water. I, I saw um, my uh, daughter's really into sharks because she watched last year mm. or earlier this year. I introduced her to Jaws, one of my favourite all-time films, and she loved it. And so now she's like into watching other films with sharks. Now, none of them live up to right. Jaws. But a couple of nights ago, we watched a film called 47 Metres Down, right? Quite a lot. Whoa. Fucking hell, mate. I absolutely shat myself from beginning to... I, was, I haven't shat myself that much at a film for years. Really? The, yeah, the whole film, right, is they, they're in one of them cages where you go to look at the sharks. Although why anyone would want to do that... I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, again, it's not my scene. I don't want to be out in a fucking middle of... I don't want to be in the ocean with in a cage. I don't want to be in a cage in any circumstances, let alone underwater with fucking sharks swimming at me. A, a, a literal cage or a metaphorical cage? Either. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and they're in it, and then, of course, the chain breaks and the, and the cage sinks to the seabed, and they're fucked because... They've sunk to the seabed Fuck and they've yeah. only got a certain amount of oxygen, right? 
And meanwhile, while they're hoping they might get rescued, they can't get out of the cage to try and swim back up. Two reasons. One, sharks. Mm. Two, you get the bends, right? Just like Radiohead sung about. Go up too quick, you go bananas and die. So that's yeah, the premise yeah. of the film. Somehow, it's such a good film, somehow they sustain your interest for two hours and it's just two characters under fucking water for practically the whole film. And you're thinking, ah, this is a yeah. bit, this will get a bit boring. I want some other bits. I like bits on, I don't know about you, but in films, I look for a variety of tundra. Do you? Mm. Mm. Environments. So yeah. I, I like Is it all the same, was it? It's all underwater. Yeah. Like the little mermaid. <laughs> you like, or, or you like saving... to see different conurbations, don't you? I do. I like, I like urban environments, conurbations. I like rural, tropical, desert, and Arctic. But man, not here. So, anyway. Can I just get, while we're talking about that, while, before I forget, can I just read you a little segment from Paul Gascoigne's autobiography? Yeah. Which I saw on Twitter last night. Um, it's, it's about. Um, it's about World Cup Italia 90. Mm. Um, the the pricey of it is that uh, David Platt is going on and on about Doug Ellis. I remember this, yeah. Aston Villa's owner, about how great Doug Ellis is. And then uh, they had a day off and there was a big-ass yacht, Gaza says, anchored about 300 yards off the beach. And when I saw it, I shouted, Oh, look, Dougie in his boat! Mm-hmm. I started to swim out to it and a few of the lads followed, mainly because I said they would probably have lots of drink on board. As we got nearer, I was calling out, Oh, Dougie, Dougie, where are you? Just then a bloke peered over the side. Hello, Paul. Fuck me, it was Doug Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really was, and he'd just been joking. It was Doug Ellis. So they got on board, a party ensued, and I'm getting to the point, here we go. By the time we had to leave, I was smashed. We were swimming back and I was about 100 yards from shore when I began to get tired. I decided the best thing to do was take a deep breath, dive to the seabed, <laughs> give give myself a moment to relax, <laughs> <laughs> then push up and swim back as fast as I could. Yeah, I know, not the smartest decision I've made, but I was pissed. <laughs> he says, as I was coming back up, I must have got turned around because after resurfacing and swimming hard, I looked up expecting to see the shore, but discovered I was heading out in the wrong direction. I was beginning to struggle and I panicked a bit. It was quite frightening. I started to wave my arms in the air and luckily enough, a little dinghy with an outboard motor turned up. It was Gary Lineker and another bloke. <laughs> of course it was. Classic Gary. <laughs> Get in, you daft bastard, he said. When I looked up, it was Nigel Kennedy, the violinist. <laughs> of course, Aston Villa fan. Oh, my God. Give us, give us, a, give us a tune then, Nigel, I said. <laughs> uh, Handel's water music, he laughed. I didn't have a clue what he was on about. <laughs> that is a wonderful story. It's all there. It's just and got the lot, hasn't it? That's got the lot. That, that was tweeted by David Hartrick, who was a good, good guy, and he... Uh, he just said this story by Gazza about a day off in Italian 90 basically packs more into 500 odd words than your average thriller novel. Yeah. And he's not wrong. It's true. And the, one of the things you think is imagine if they hadn't saved him and Gazza had drowned or just disappeared at yeah. sea. Like imagine that yeah. in the middle of a World like, Cup, them having like to Robert announce Maxwell. Gazza is not, you know, like I don't know what game this was after, but he was the superstar of that, of that team. Yeah. And everyone's talking Gazza this, Gazza that. And then suddenly they just had to put out a press release going, yeah, sorry, everyone, but Gazza's disappeared. Oh, he can't play. What? You mean he's injured? No. What? He's flown home? No. What then? Mm. He just lost at sea. Gone. And then you'd be like, Bobby Robson, 
what the what kind of fucking operation are you running, you mad old cunt? Right, that you've let the star player <laughs> yeah. just go out swimming towards strangers' boats miles away, yeah, getting battered and then swimming back again. What kind of a fucking World Cup campaign was this? Fucking Nigel Kennedy saved that World Cup. Fucking did, and he doesn't get enough credit for that, does he? Not at all. <laughs> well, until now. So, sorry, that fil- the film, it shit you up real bad. Yeah, anyway, watch it. I'm watching the sequel tomorrow night. 47, 47 metres down. <laughs> Again. I keep getting the names. I've, I've got to the stage of dadding. I've got to the dad stage where I get the name of everything wrong. Songs, shops, films. <laughs> and this is an endless source of amusement to my family. So, I was saying, oh, that film, 47 feet under. It's fucking good, isn't it? We're going to watch the sequel. And they're like, no, it's 47 metres down, not 47 foot under. Now, I don't think that's the most ludicrous mistake in, in the world, but they're fucking pissing themselves about it. Oh, man. So should we do this Snow White thing? So she's off on her punt to find them in the woods. We cut back to the uh, dwarves' house and the dwarves are off to work. It's the day after they've had their first you know, good night living under the same roof as Snow White. She's yeah, given the dinner. Still the honeymoon period. You remember they have know. a little party, but now, unfortunately, they have to go to work. But she said, don't worry, I'll still be here when you get home. It's sort of like the beginning of a new relationship, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's all exciting. But Doc says to her as she's leaving, be careful, right? We'll be back later, but don't be fucking answering mm. the door to any old witches. We, we're brandishing apples or, or out like that because you know there's Quite weird prescient. there's weird shit goes on in these woods uh, fucking I'm just looking at this witch again how mad she is she's walking through mm. like the shadows in, in the in the woods in the <sighs> middle of the night like so delighted at what lies awake about yeah. which is let's not forget let's not sugarcoat it she's going to commit a murder a murder she yeah. is off I mean, Snow White's saying she'll be all right, but fucking hell, probably won't be. Beware strangers, he's saying. Yeah. And Doc's like, and I should fucking know, because back in Somalia, I actually had to go around kidnapping kiddies from villages, right? <laughs> Who we would we take them away from their parents, and then we put them in training camps and train them up as soldiers, right? We had this child army. Right, and I cannot tell you how fucking easy it was to snatch these kids up, right? You just fucking rock up in the middle of the day. Their mum and dad are out, yeah. you know, working or whatever it is they're doing. I just fucking rock up, put them in my sack and fuck off again. Before they knew it, they're being trained how to disassemble a rifle back at my war compound. <laughs> so Doc fucking knows, doesn't he? He does. There was an interesting bit about Doc came up recently that he was involved in the Nixon administration in the 70s. Oh, really? He somehow fell into that. Right. Um, and, yeah, it was weird. He was like, he, he fell in with, um, what's his name, um, Henry Kissinger. And he was mm. sort of like a deputy. He, he charmed his way in because he didn't have any formal education or anything. And he wasn't mm. even an American citizen like Kissinger. But he charmed his way in. He was on the net with the Washington sort of party network, and he charmed his way yeah. into the affections really of Henry Kissinger. And by extension, <clears throat> ended up in the White House. And he um, was heavily involved in the escalation of the Vietnam War, 
and he is on some of the Watergate tapes swearing and coming out with all sorts of weird shit with Nixon, right? Giving spitballing ideas in a late night policy brainstorming session with Nixon. <laughs> former child army. Kidnap a load of kids and former child army. How about that? <laughs> it works for me everywhere I go. Hey, Trust me. Richard, right? Just remember what I always say. Doc knows. The doc knows. Yeah? The doc knows. The doctor will see you now. Yeah? Rich, you know what I'm saying, don't you? <laughs> the doctor you? is in. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor in the house, eh? Just you remember that. Write it down. Go on. <laughs> Write it down on your also, presidential headed notepaper. Was he also not a really, really um, famous terrorist for hire as well in the style of Carlos the Jackal in the yeah. 70s? Didn't no. matter what cause it was for, if oh, he'd you wanted do it. something yeah. doing and you the could afford it, he'd right, do it. Have you, have you yeah. seen, you've seen the day of the Jackal of Edward Woodward, right? Yeah. That That is about Doc, but they had to change all the names and stuff. But it's basically mm-hmm. about Doc, um, and it was it was usually called Day of. It was originally called the screenplay was called Day of the Doc, right? <laughs> and they had a, a, a but in like the focus groups, they found out no one wanted to see a dwarf assassin. It was too terrifying. Yeah. So they they ditched off the dwarf they'd cast, and in his place they got Edward Woodward. No, oh, Edward. Woodward, Fo- it was yeah. Edward Fox, wasn't it? Not Edward Woodward. They got Edward That's Fox right. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. He did that. He was involved in um, in the television industry in a big way. And I'm telling you now, this this podcast isn't going to get this film finished today. Let me just quickly tell you, this is another (laughs) chapter in Doc's book, which is remarkable. Sam, we're 16 and a half minutes in. We've already done 10 seconds of the film. I'm just going to say this quickly. Tell me, Doc, if it's important. Doc wrote the pilot of the Brady Bunch. Right. And that it? He still owns the intellectual rights, <laughs> property rights to the Brady Bunch. So if you want to get it remade as a movie, you have to get in touch with Doc's lawyers. But he wrote the theme tune as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I've made enough money. If you think of all the things I've done, diamond mining, warlording, political advising. Warlording. Just the money, the interest from the money I made from the Brady Bunch theme tune, that alone is enough to keep me in a very comfortable lifestyle. But for me... <laughs> It's not so much about the money, right? I can't... I've got ants in my pants. I've always got me working on a new project. See? <laughs> right, so... Right, so yeah. off they go to then work. What? They go to work. Uh, and she gives him a little kiss on the head, which he's delighted by. He likes by. that, doesn't he? Fucking he does, loves it. Yeah. Giggling like Swimming. a child. Then he feels embarrassed about it. She gives them all one by one. They're all... Um, yeah. He'll probably have a, 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 a little dwarf wank somewhere in the diamond mine when he gets there. Probably in that cupboard where they keep all the all the diamonds. Oh, I could have a right good diamond wank this afternoon at work. <laughs> I'll just wank over the diamonds and then you can just hose them down. Because the thing about spunk is it does stick the diamonds. Yeah. Scientific, that. That's sneezy. Just wash it off. I've got to say, the more I look at Dopey, the more I agree he does look a bit like me. Can you see it? I wouldn't like to see it. <laughs> so he goes off. That They're all fucking yeah. desperate for a kiss. And apart from Grump, who's acting all cool about it, but she insists on giving him a kiss, even though he tries to snootily walk past her, and he's delighted. Yeah. Anyway, they're off to he work. It, so she's got the day to kill. She's like, well, what am I supposed to fucking do now? 
Yeah. Uh, so all our mates, the local woodland creatures, come round to see her. The, oh, they all come the squirrels, round, they? the right. birds, all of that. And they say, what's going on? What are we up to? So she makes some sort of gooseberry pie and sings a song. She's still singing about one day her prince will come. Mm-hmm. Um, the birds help her make the pie, which is disgusting. Because she puts the pastry on top of the fruit. And the then... Fucking pastry's grey. I know. The and fuck? then, you know, like, you, you, you prick the side of the pastry for decorative purposes yeah. with a fork. She gets yep. these little fucking birds that have just flown in from the woods to do it with their feet. Oh, God. Look at this. Did you just see the bit where the witch arrived at the window? No, I'm just I'm watching them. Well, the birds are also making the little pattern with their little feet yeah. around the edge of the pie. Now, just over that, Andy, if you keep watching just for a few moments more, you you may get the shock yep. of your life. Oh! Yeah. Fucking hell. So as you, that's real live reaction from Andy there, listeners. So now you know... Uh, what, what what level of horror we are Whoa. talking about? She's she's having a lovely day. It's a sunny day outside. She's making this fruit pie. She's made a little. She's caught. She's written Grumpy's name in pastry cuttings on it to cheer him up a bit. Everything's going great, and she looks up, and there's this really dramatic, brilliant shot. She looks up, and immediately, filling the window, is the face of this mad scary old crone she's got an enormous nose with a wart on it she's got a single tooth she's got big scary looking sort of gray shadowy eyes and she's got hands like claws right and she's in the window with this big demented smile on her face she's rocked up out of nowhere right uh we know we know who it is but snow white doesn't she just thinks she's a passing old woman um and this is where things start to get a bit real she says, all alone, my dear. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going to tweet a screen grab of that. Yeah, do. She says, all alone, my dear. And Snow White says, yeah. And she says, the little men, they're not here. I don't think that's very polite. The little, the men? little men? Well, that's PC, isn't it? That's what they're called these days, isn't I it? I don't know if that's true. I don't think you're so say little. Sounds a bit patronising, doesn't it? Well, what are they... What are they what? Little little people, small no, people. No, hang on, small maybe. Anyway, said the little men, they're not here. Snow White's a bit cagey, but you know Snow White's very stupid, isn't she? She goes, "You're making a pie, aren't you?" And she's like, "Yeah, that's right, I'm making a pie." And the old the uh, and the crone says, "It's apple pie. It's apple pie that really gets the men folk going." That's what she says. And she goes, oh, I've got a load here in my basket. Why don't you have a go yeah. on one? Right? And Snow White's so fucking stupid. If it was me and a witch turned up and I was alone at my house with Free only a apple. few squirrels and stuff and offering me apples, I'd go, do you know what? Yeah. Get the fuck away. Or I'll call the dwarves. Would you, though? Would you, though? Because this is your first full day in the woods. And you don't know. This could be a regular thing. She could be the regular apple witch Well, who delivers the, the apples. I wouldn't. But, like, if I was Snow White, I can see the predicament Snow White's in. She's led a very sheltered mm. life. The birds somehow know who she is because all the little birds who befriended Snow White start attacking her. Yeah. They fucking know what's going on. And they try, to, instinct, s- isn't it? They try to scare her off. But then Snow White, because she's so dopey, she runs out and says, tells the birds off, says, leave her alone. <laughs> the granny is the crone's so mad she's got this red apple and she's clutching it to herself with this evil smile because she's fucking desperate to get it down Snow White's into Snow White's guts and poison her yeah 
So Snow White says, come in. That must have been scary. Yeah. You were attacked by the birds. Come in. Um, it's easily done. You know, they've obviously gone mad. Come, your birds, this time of year, they get a bit randy. They might have been trying to fuck you. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what their agenda was. All I can do is apologise. I'm, I'm not Chris Packham. <laughs> I don't know much about these sort of things, but not, that's, me, that's my best guess. I'm not Bill Oddie, right? So, <laughs> I, I I mean, to my eyes, it looked like a sexual assault, but, you know, to someone else's eyes, to Oddie's eyes, it might look different. Anyway, come in and we'll have a cup of tea. The animals realise yeah. what's going on because they can sniff it, can't they? They know that it's yeah. Evil Queen. So they quickly all go, the, the deers... The, uh, the uh, rabbits, the squirrels and the birds, they all run to the diamond mine and they alert mm. the um, dwarves. They they sort of just, they can't speak, obviously. Well, I say obviously, in some Disney films, the animals can speak. In this one, they can't. So they just make a right old racket and start sort of pulling the dwarves by their clothes to walk yeah. back towards the house. So the dwarves cotton on and we're like, what the fuck's going on? Snow White must be in trouble. So they guess and they start running back to the house and some of them are riding on deers, which is um, really looks like an exciting thing to do. They they just knock off work, just they like that. Up. Well, they're their own bosses, aren't they? That's the advantage. Wow. It's like us. I mean, what what's what's the financial loss going to be? Yeah, are they going to work extra later on? They're going to do that's, an overtime shift tomorrow. I don't that's, know. That's four hours, four hours of diamond mining that we've missed out on. Which, if you think we all mine about, you know a dozen diamonds an hour the financial mm. loss is immense but it's all relative isn't it they must have loads of cash in the bank i guess so jalapeño there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Jalapeño. Um, so they rush back, they rush back, but they're too late because in the meantime, while they're rushing back, uh, a thunderstorm breaks out outside and um, Old Granny, which is what she's calling her, masquerading yes. her, she's giving herself the name Old Granny, convinces Snow White. It's good It's good branding that, isn't it? It softens the image. It does, yeah. Old Granny, yeah. And she As says, the murderous witch. is there someone special? And Snow White, because she's still hung up on that fucking weird prince who she met for five Fuck minutes, goes, why. yes, there is someone special. So old granny convinced her that if she eats the apple, it will um, it will help her find her true love. And Snow White is fixated on this fucking delusional romance she's got going on with this stranger. So 
Yeah, she makes this daft wish about a prince carrying her away to his castle. <laughs> and the old crone's going, yeah, 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 yeah. Get on with it. Just take a bite of the fucking apple, right? And we keep cutting back to the dwarves and you're thinking, are they going to make it back before she takes a bite? And even if they do, will they understand that the apple is fucking poisoned? There are vultures flying overhead because they know something's afoot. And, um... Anyway, Snow White bites the apple, collapses, dead. Mm. Granny realises... No, she is dead. At this point, she is dead. She's actually dead. She's dead. And she... uh, Well, it's complicated, but yeah, to all intents and purposes, she's dead. So the crone thinks, fuck, here come the dwarves. It's all on top. I better fucking do a runner. So she runs out. She runs through the woods. And they... Rather than stop and check on Snow White, these dwarves, they've got the, the smell of blood in their nostrils, right? Which blood? They're like yeah. hunting dogs. And, they and it's say, pissing it down, isn't it? So their attitude is, right, forget about Snow White. She's dead. Right, put it behind you. Let it go. Right, she's not coming we'll back. We'll bury her later. All we can do now is avenge her, right, by chasing this fucking old woman and beating her yeah. to death. <laughs> so they chase her through these woods. They chase her up a fucking... They're, they're all riding deers at this point. All the woodland creatures have been... She climbs up a big sort of rocky mountainside and Grumpy's yeah. right at the front now. He's the one... He's channeling all that rage he feels inside him towards, like, violent revenge. They chase her up the fucking mountain. She gets to the top. At this point, presumably, all her magical powers have abandoned her because you'd have thought she'd, she'd have used them. And... Um, I'll, I'll say this, it's rattling along. She's at the top. The, vi- the, the vultures have swarmed after her. They know that she's about to go down. The look of rage and anger and violence on the... Possessed, isn't she? Yeah, she's possessed. Uh, no, but also on the dwarves' faces. If you look closely at dwarves' faces, the oh, dwarves right. are like... They've got a bloodlust. She yeah. uses... She's laughing her head off now because she's trying to roll a massive boulder onto them and crush them all. And just as she's about to... Um, basically get the boulder to roll onto them she falls backwards lightning strikes the bit of rock she's on it collapses she falls bang the witch is dead dead the dwarves all look over the edge to see her corpse her wreckage across the rocks below and they, <laughs> regal cartoon corpse yeah and they're delighted <laughs> dopey's got this massive big satisfied grin on his face right it's a mm-hmm. bit like I mean, it's a bit like something like Deliverance, where they're just fucking freaky people who live in the woods. And there's always one who's sort of a bit young and weird and stupid and is grinning all the time, who turns out to be the most sadistic. And that's dopey in this case. Mm. We cut back. uh, There's obviously been a bit of a time jump and they've put her in... What would you call this? Um, Is it a tomb? Um... They've laid her body out in a sort of a yeah. candle-lit memorial setting. She's not in a cask. Yeah. She's still in her clothes. The dwarves are standing round and they are crying and crying and crying. Remember, they've only known her for 24 hours, but she had such an impact on them that they're crying as if they've known her their whole lives. She's, she's As you say, she's still in her clothes. Thank God they haven't changed her into something else. First of all, would they do that? Secondly, what in would they change her into? Bit in they, haven't got, yeah, they haven't got a spare set of princess clothes have they I'll tell you what I worry about like I don't know what, what you're playing sort of, with now what are you, what are you some um, with Neurofen Neurofen okay. packet um, 
What, uh, thinking of having one, aren't I? It's a new game on each episode. What's Sam fiddling with today? I might, I might have one later. Um, <laughs> so they're, they've got her in the house, lying in state. and That's right, yeah. And who knows? I mean, she was poisoned, mate. And poison, poison capable of killing, does all sorts to your internal organs when it kicks in. Yeah. I mean, whether or not she lost control of her bowels, I don't know. I hope not. Because, like you say, they haven't been tell. able to change her into anything. That image. They've all taken their hats off as a mark of respect, though. They've all got male pattern baldness, haven't they? Oh, big star. They've all got big bald patches on the top of yeah. their heads. It's the curse of a dwarf, that baldness. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find a dwarf over 30 who's got a head of hair on him. No way. Um, so they're all standing around and all the woodland creatures are also utterly crestfallen and they're standing outside in the rain the dwarves won't let mm. them in they're a bit like Ugh. we know Snow White was letting you into our rig right mm-hmm. and that is disgusting and unhygienic but she's <laughs> dead now so the change of rules right we saw that pie we knew how you did it bird feet all over it disgusting we're not saying we, she deserved to die but now, let's just say now she is dead you lot fucking stay outdoors where you belong. That's why they call not, you we're animals. Saying, we're not saying that we haven't baked the pie and subsequently eaten it either, but... <laughs> but we would have rather it didn't have your fucking bird footprints all over it. <laughs> so anyway, they're all crying. It's really sad. Then it cuts to a screen with beautiful uh, writing on it to sort of move the story mm. on a bit. And it says, so beautiful, even in death, that the dwarves could not find it in their hearts to bury her. Uh-huh. Really weird. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, can I just say something, right? Sorry, this might sound like a weird idea, right? I just want to say... Hear me out. She looks that nice, right? We can all agree that. Oh, yeah, yeah, she looks really pretty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think it's a shame, a waste, you might say, to dig a big hole and put her in it. Because as long as she's got her looks, then she'd probably want us to admire her, right? She's good off them looks forever. If we can embalm her, There's and maybe got- put her in a glass case or something in the corner of the room... Look. We've got seven lads here, seven brains, right? It can't be beyond us, our combined brain power, right? To think up a way of preserving her corpse in such a way that she will maintain her beauty forever and never rot, right? That's all I'm saying. Take it or leave it. I want to put that idea out because if I didn't, I'd never forgive myself. And they've all gone, yeah, all right, it's not a bad idea. Let's let's put her in a, in a car, an outdoor cask mm. um, in the woods. So any passing stranger can admire her. It says... Have a look. They they fashioned a coffin of glass and gold and kept eternal vigil at her side. Look, all I'm saying is, lads, it's perfectly simple, right? We don't have to do it. This is just my, my personal idea. All I'm saying is we could. We could. And, you know, note that word, could, not should. I'm just spitballing. I'm spitballing here, right? Freestyling. We could fashion a coffin out of glass and let's say for sake of argument gold right <laughs> I'm thinking like a gold framework but the main panelling in glass right we can sell some of the diamonds buy a load of gold yeah make exactly. a casket out of we it. make a casket right and then then right I know what you're thinking but anyone can smash the glass and steal a corpse right cause I know what you're thinking that's what what, what would be likely to happen because there are funny sorts living in this woods so what I'm saying is once we've built the golden glass cask and put a body in it in the woods, the seven of us lads all stand on eternal vigil. Dopey goes, well, what does that mean? What it means is, Dopey, 
is that we all stand around the glass box with that dead body in it for the rest of our lives Forever. until we it's die. It's, did you ever hear about the time the Bobby Moore statue was coming <laughs> under threat from Millwall? And they did something similar then. That's where, I, like that. that's where I got the idea from, right? Sometimes, <laughs> this podcast I heard. <laughs> sometimes you just got to commit to something, and I think some things are worth committing to, like... <laughs> Us keeping an eye on the di- on this body of a dead girl, right? So that's what we're going to do. All in favour, say aye. All seven of them. Aye. What aye. we're going to do with a diamond mine? Shut it down. Shut it down. We're not. I mean, we won't be able to maintain it. We won't need the house either. We can sell that. We're going to be. What? This is what I'm trying to say to you. Eternal. Do you know what that means? That means forever, forever. and fucking ever. We're going to have to commit to this coffin forever. All of us. Even when we it die, shifts. our ghosts. Will fucking stand, float about in vigil, right? That's what I'm saying. It'll be beautiful. Come on, lads. It's a fucking good idea. If you think about it, right? If you really think about it, it's a fucking cracking idea. Then it says the prince. We forgot about him, the one from the beginning, yeah. who just. I clocked. mean, he's, he's, to be fair, he's a bit part player in all he's this. He's a bit but part, but yeah, they he's mentioned kind of also integral. I remember who the prince is. But if I was watching this for the first time, the way they just na- like really casually refer to the prince, I'd be thinking, who? Yeah. What? That was ages yeah. ago. The prince yeah, exactly. who, who had searched far and wide heard of the maiden who slept in the glass coffin. I've heard rumours. And I, I know it, that's probably all they are, is rumours. Um, <laughs> because rumours. It does, it does sound far-fetched. But I have heard some rumours that round this part of the woods, there's a dead bird in a coffin made out of glass and gold and it is watched over day and night by a bunch of fucking dwarfs, right? So I, I thought... that might be the one I fell in love with yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, hello. I've just ride past and chanced my arm for five minutes. Could that. that be that bird that I sung at yesterday in that castle? <laughs> could be. Could be, huh? Might not be her. I mean, statistically, chance are it's not her. But but if it's not her, I've never seen a dead body before, so that's yeah. something else I can tick off my it, list. It's not going to be wasted time, is it? It's not. Like, <laughs> you chalk it off to just a night. You know, it's experience, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I went looking for this body in the woods. So I'll have a right. I'll take myself over there on the horse later and have a little look around and see what I can see. <sighs> so. Here we cut, and he's going through the woods on his. Oh no, here we go. So now we see her in a glass and gold coffin. She does still look beautiful. There are beautiful petals of flowers floating about in the air around her. And the fucking. I mean, in a way, the dwarves have had a complete breakdown. Would you say the worst thing that ever happened in these dwarves' lives was her coming into it? It's thrown everything completely askew, wasn't it, really? Yeah. She, they had a sorted, they had a diamond mine, regular yeah, income, yeah. happily living together. They were living, I mean, they were living like, just like scum, but that they were happy. That was what, yeah. they were happy with their lot in life. She comes into their lives, it causes divisions between them, because they're all competing mm. for her attention. Yeah. And now, they're never, you can see on their faces, they're never going to bounce back from this. They've opened the cask, and they put... Bunches, bouquets of flowers inside the cask on her body. Then they yeah. all kneel down around her and start to pray, as do all of the woodland creatures. 
Suddenly, cut to matey boy, fucking laughing boy, the prince has turned up. Mm. Fuck me, it were true. I, 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 fucking, I told the lads when I went off, I said, I won't fucking believe it till I see it with my own two eyes. I've, I've, I've got an hunch. I've got an hunch that it's a, you know, you get that field in your water. That's what I've got here uh, with this one. My mate, Terry, he was going to me, right? Well, what if it is fucking her, Prince, right? So what if it is her? What are you going to do if it is? Because she'll be dead. She's I said, dead? I don't know, but I need closure on this, right? Who knows what I'll do? I'll see what, what, te- what my gut says when I get there. But I, I told Terry... And then, Terry, and then my, said, other mate, my, my other mate, Chris, he said, but when you go, if it is her, give her a little kiss because then you'll get your closure that way. What, what arm could it do? There's only you and the dwarf there, you know. And when the police he, aren't there. He said that and it stuck in my head, that did, right? There was something about his words. They kept coming back to me and on the horse ride out there, kept coming back, echoing him in my give her a little kiss, give her kiss a little kiss. Kiss the corpse. Kiss the corpse. So I made a promise to myself, see? I thought, if I get there and it is her, I'm going to kiss her fucking corpse, right? Fuck it. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, I'm not going to die. You can't catch it, can you? <laughs> you can't catch a death from kissing a corpse. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds implausible. So anyway, I've got there. I felt... I felt I'll wash my face afterwards. <laughs> I've immediately got this fucking urge to start singing that song that I sung her before in the castle, right? <laughs> so I've started singing and I've walked over. The dwarves, I thought first they might give me a bit of aggro. You know, like, whoa, who the fuck are you, cunt? Right. Well, there's seven of them and only one of me. This is, they look tasty. There's, this is our fucking corpse. Fuck off. <laughs> I thought, right, well, I had my sword. I thought, if it fucking kicks off, I'll just start fucking slashing at the cunts, right? <laughs> So I was ready, like, and I fucking bowled up, bowled as brass, right? They didn't fucking do out. They fucking parted. It was like the Red Sea from Moses, right? They just fucking, they met, they parted out of my way, right? Green light. Do what you fucking want, mate, right? So I thought, bingo, here we go. Green light. Green light here. I've I've looked at her. It's definitely her. I've got close. Definitely the one I saw yesterday. And well, I'm 99% sure it's her. I can't be positive. <laughs> Pretty certain it was her. <laughs> it was a very fleeting encounter yesterday. And I thought to myself, right, here's my chance. I didn't know if the dwarfs might still turn on me. I thought, you've got to act quick, Prince. Right? I thought to myself, right, Prince, right, move quickly. Right? You might only, you might get one shot at this. So fucking do not hesitate. So I've stopped singing. I've walked straight up to the corpse. I've, and I've, I've just done what Chris suggested. I've gone straight in. No fucking about. And I've kissed her. Smack. Bag on the lips. Right? And it were all right. I don't know I how thought, long dead I she'd been. It, I thought if I hesitate, they might get wind of what I'm doing and pull me off. So I've just gone straight in there. Bang. Kissed her. And by the time they've clocked it and thought, the cheeky cunt. It were too late. It were done. <laughs> kissed her on her dead face. I kissed her dead face. It was too late, and I heard a couple of them muttering, like, the cheeky cunt. I would have liked to have kissed her, but I had more fucking respect. I thought, well, mate, you snooze, you lose. That's how it goes. Um, <laughs> and then I just sort of knelt down with me head on me knee, like, just, you know, do the old sort of sentimental routine. I thought it would, like, you know, make a good impression. Well, you never guess what happened next, Chris, right? I look up. <laughs> She's only fucking woken up, right? <laughs> 
And I'll be honest, I'm having mixed feelings at this point. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it, hell. <laughs> I won't expect what this. I'm not to here. I've looked at these fucking dwarves and I've thought, you were a bit fucking previous here, cunts. You stuck her in this fucking casket. She's not dead, you dickheads. That's dwarves for you. <laughs> I'm first think later. <laughs> I've thought, fuck, I'm stuck with the cow now. We're all having a little dance. She's fucking woke up. I've thought, all right now, Prince. Right, pick her up. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. She seemed delighted to see me, which was a fucking far cry from how she acted yesterday when I started singing at her in the castle. She fucking ran off then. I'm going to be honest, I didn't quite fancy her as much as I did the day before. Now, maybe that's because she was all... She'd been dead for a bit. I can't be sure, but I didn't feel quite the same as I did when I rode up to the castle yesterday. (laughs) But it was what it was. You make your choices in life and you have to stand by them, right? I'm the silly cunt who's ridden out through the woods for fucking hours, found this supposed corpse, kissed it. I mean, I look back and think, what was I thinking? And uh, now she expects me to marry her, so... And the dwarves, weirdly, all started fucking going mad and dancing and singing, which was really weird. Anyway, I didn't say out to her or to the dwarves. I just lifted her onto my horse. Then I lifted one of the dwarves up so she could kiss the cunt on the head. (laughs) And uh, then they all wanted a turn, so suddenly Muggins here is lifting every fucking dwarf up one by one. I mean, it was a fucking... It was ridiculous. Well, in the end, I just lifted three of them in one go, because they're pretty light. They are surprisingly light, actually. They're they're like babies. Especially that road is totally bald. And then, without a bind or leave, I just fucked off with her. Yeah. And uh, she didn't ask any questions. I had... Bear in mind, at this stage, I had not said a single word to her at all. She did not give a fuck. I just walked off with her. She'd been through a lot. You know, she'd survived two assassination attempts. Her stepmother had died. Um, Some fucking dwarves had adopted her. And now I just took Uh, her off to my castle. Because, you know, because I'm not a cunt. I let her sit on the horse and I walked. I walked. I I thought I could do a stretch of my legs, to be honest. Right, my ass was fucking try, burning from try the do ride. Ten thousand steps each day. Yeah, and my ass was fucking burning something chronic from the ride out there. So I thought I'll have a walk. <laughs> she can sit on our seat. I'll take her back to the castle. And now, yeah, yeah, she's living with me. Things are all right. She don't say much. I think she's probably got a bit of PTSD. If I'm honest, why wouldn't she have? And uh, and that's where we end it. He walks her on into the horizon. And they, yeah. Yeah, uh, seriously, they haven't exchanged a word at all. She's just going along with it. Nope. She assumes it's true love's kiss that has revived her from death. Yeah. He's just like, I don't know what's going on. But I think, basically, yeah, she, she wasn't dead, but the dwarves thought that she was. It's like one of them episodes of First Dates where they, they say they're going to meet up again, and then at the, at the end it says they didn't meet up again. They never met up. He'll make his excuses, and you know. I mean, I thought, would, would, is there not a power vacuum now at the castle, now the Queen's dead? Yeah, because it's first... Is there a king like, that we know of? Hang on a minute, though. This castle that he's looking at with her in the distance, at first I thought, well, that's probably his castle. But it could just be mm. that he's cashed in, and he's thought... With that, with a queen out the way, right? Mm. The next in line to ownership of that massive fucking castle right. is the stepdaughter. One problem. It's not actually a prince. One problem. The stepdaughter yeah. is dead. 
apparently she was poisoned mm. by the witch before she died. However, what I'm thinking is, Chris, is if I could somehow revive her, I don't know how, right? It's never been done before. No one's ever reversed death before. But my attitude is nothing ventured, nothing gained. If I go and find her corpse and just try to reanimate it, right, then basically that castle is yours truly. It's in the bag. Chris, it's got to be worth it. And he's like, Prince. Worth the punt. Chris is like, Prince, Prince, Prince. We, you know, this is just another one of your wild goose chases, man. <laughs> it's fucking mad. This is like before when you said you were going to fucking build that time machine. It's just fucking mad. You just got to get yourself Plus, a normal job. Keep in mind, Prince, you're a prince. So there's a castle coming to you somewhere down the line one day. Just yeah. be patient. It's not the same, yeah, though. Yeah, I know, Chris, but fucking hell. <laughs> you're the one that told me to seize the day. Cap DM. Know, but... Well, that's what I'm fucking doing. I'm saddling up and I'm going to go and reanimate a fucking corpse and get a castle. <laughs> so well, they're there we stood are. there looking at this castle in distance and we assume that it'll be happily ever after. Uh, there was never yeah. a sequel to this film, disappointingly. No. Which is strange because no. it was a monster hit. Um but uh, this has been remade in live action form a couple of times. Once, I think, starring uh, Phil Collins' daughter, right. Snow White. Okay. Um, and but Julia. As, as Ju- good as the original. Julia Roberts as the evil queen. Oh, yeah. interesting. And uh, Snow White I'm and the Huntsman it, was but... another remake. But none of them are as good as this. This is the classic in the original. If you haven't watched it, it's on Disney Plus. Watch it, if only for the antics of the fucking queen, especially when she transforms herself into the um, yeah. old witch, because that is yeah. very entertaining. Fantastic. So there we are. That's the end of the uh, Snow White, Snow White Odyssey. Odyssey. Who knows what will be next? Well, we'll have to work it out, won't we? We've got a week to decide. Paul Gascoigne's book sounds like a strong contender at this stage. Well, bits of it, bits of it, are quite harrowing. I think we'll skip the bits where he, he, <laughs> his childhood, yeah, or descends into he sees a kid get run over. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening and bearing with us. Um, <laughs> and we'll we'll start another one next week. Yeah. Take the FN. Till then. Bye. <laughs>